You're listening to the Better Health Podcast, a platform dedicated to coaching women in areas of health, lifestyle, and legacy by speaking with leading health and wealth experts and with the goal to inspire women to thrive in their lives today and in the future. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Better Health with April. It is so good to be talking with you guys, and I hope you're having an amazing day wherever you are. On today's episode, I'm really excited to talk with you all on genetics and how it can influence your hormones. I have been obsessed lately with genetics, and that is why I am tying it to my health coaching because I do feel like it is so important and it's so cool how we can look at our genetic makeup and therefore use it to our advantage to optimize our bodies. Because think of it this way, our genes and our genetic makeup is kind of like our health blueprint. So, you know, when you're building a house, you need a blueprint to figure out, you know, how you can build it the best way possible and to see if you have everything um, in place, like you to be able to see, okay, are we going to put a door here or this or that? And it gives you the outline and the plan for how you can then build. Well, your genes are kind of like that. They are the blueprint for figuring out how you should live your life to optimize your body. Um, So epigenetics is a really big thing right now, or it's getting bigger. And that's why I'm jumping on that bandwagon, because I feel like it is so important. Um, It is so cool how we can alter our genes based on our environment. So For example, if you are around a lot more toxins or you have a lot of BPA exposure, um, different things in your products, you're not using, you know, toxic free products. Well, you could experience a lot of problems from that and you could just say, well, it's in my genes. That's just how I am. But what you can actually do is based on epigenetics and looking at your DNA and your genetic blueprint you can figure out, oh, I really detox horribly. My methylation is really bad based on my genetics. And then you can alter that gene expression by removing a lot of those toxins from your environment and then therefore optimize your body. And you don't have to just settle for your bad genes, so to say. Um, So there's so much advantage to diving into your genetics and getting yourself tested to figure out how you can optimize your food, your supplements, your exercise, and your mood. It, it, it's crazy. And it's so amazing how we are made up that way. And so through health coaching, I use the DNA Labs test to test my clients and myself, in fact, to figure out, okay, how does our body work and operate? And now let's gravitate and guide our whole plan around that. Now, there's some other tests that should be done as well, but the DNA and the genetic test gives you kind of an outline for how we can gravitate to um, living a certain way and our exercising, exercise a certain way or eat a certain way. It's so awesome. And before I got my genetics tested, maybe you could relate to this as well. I mean, even if you don't have your genetics tested yet, is I struggled a lot with, you know, I am the type of person where I get excited really quickly, but I can have really low lows. And a few months ago, actually, in March, I experienced some anxiety, which I've never experienced in my life before. 
And then after getting my genetics tested, I realized, oh, I am very prone to anxiety versus, you know, just being depressed or um, very gloom and not really focus at all. Because I've been a focused person, I do well academically, um, but I tend to get on the more stress side versus just the apathetic side of things. And after getting my genetics tested, I realized that my COMT gene, the COMT gene, um, it has a lot to do with that. I am more prone, based on my alleles, to be anxiety-ridden or um, experience more headaches when I eat in certain things versus the opposite, where if you are the exact opposite of the double allele that I have, you are more prone to depression or just being apathetic over things or not having the energy to do stuff. So maybe you can relate where you're like, wow, I get anxiety or I stress out really easily. Or um, maybe it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning or I've struggled with not really caring and I know I should or not being able to focus very hard, like very well. Academics hasn't been my thing. Um, There's various ways you can take that. Well, guess what? You can figure out um, based on your genetic makeup why you are that way, and then we can alter your lifestyle accordingly. It is so helpful, and it just gets me so excited because it's so fun to figure out, okay, what is my body makeup like, and how can I gravitate and gear my lifestyle accordingly? And so it's it's just a fun thing to do. If you like personality tests, I love personality tests so much personally this is your thing as well, because it's almost like your health personality test. You can figure out so much information just from getting your genes tested. So I'm going to talk about today my genetic test that I received through the DNA labs, and this is the same test I do with my clients, and I'm going to go through my results and how it affects my hormones personally. So I'm just going to start with the three stages of hormone detoxification. And I really like to use the analogy, which I got from Dr. Carrie Jones. It's such a great analogy for picturing this in your brain. The three stages of estrogen and hormone detox are stage one, you first fill the bathtub up. So she gives this picture of a bathtub and you fill it up with water. Well, whatever you fill up with water, that's the analogy of the bathtub is your body and the water is the different types of estrogen that you can create. So you can create 2-hydroxy, 4-hydroxy, and 16-hydroxy. Now, 2-hydroxy is the best kind of estrogen to have. 4-hydroxy is a very cancerous pathway and this type of estrogen is not ideal. And then you have the 16-hydroxy, which can make your bones stronger, but they can also have some side effects. The 16-hydroxy can, as in like um, tender breasts during, you know, your period or um, just different PMS symptoms at the time of that phase. And so all three of those estrogens, everyone has some level in their body of them. Now, you definitely want to have a higher level of the two versus the four and the 16. Now, that is the water that fills up in your bathtub. Then you have phase two where it's the analogy of the drain or the pipe. So all that water needs to go down a pipe. So all those 
estrogens that were created need to go down a pipe in a way and become methylated and become neutralized. And so if your pipe is faulty in some way or another, or it's too slow, then some of those estrogens are not going to become neutralized like they should, and they could have some toxic effects because of that. Then you have phase three, which is the analogy of like a present. So after all those estrogens have been neutralized, then you have the estrogens all packaged up, which is also, in other words, term for your stool. And these estrogens are packaged up in your stool and then they will hopefully be released. Now, if phase three is off, then this package could essentially unwrap and then let all of those estrogens out and floating back in your body and creating, um, you know, estrogen toxicity in your body. And all of that was supposed to stay packaged up. You didn't want to open that present yet. And then it was supposed to be released through your stool not let back in. So if your gut is off, um, if you have just an off microbiome where it is just inflamed or um, you don't go to the bathroom regularly, then these estrogens could potentially be back released into your body and create a lot more problems. So those are the three phases. And the reason why I explain those three phases is because it has a lot to do with your genetics. So I'm looking at my genetic profile right now, and it's so awesome because it's such a user-friendly platform. I have literally health segments like thyroid health, testosterone, estrogen detox, um, and then I have estrogen detox methylation, estrogen metabolites. There's also supplements, so like my vitamin A, my vitamin E. It's all segmented so wonderfully where it's so user-friendly and it gives the why behind it. It gives the science behind it. Very, very cool. I know you guys would absolutely love this if you did it yourself. So the reason why I went through those three phases is because looking at my genetics now, I can take a look, okay, where do I really struggle? And I'm not going to lie, I don't really have the most ideal body when it comes to my hormones and methylating and detoxing properly. But hey, you know, you can't, you know, optimize and fix what you don't know. So knowing this now, I can alter my lifestyle, alter my diet, maybe take a few supplements to support my body. Okay, so when I talked about phase one, which was filling up your bathtub with certain estrogens, so the two, the four, and the 16 hydroxies, this all has to do with the CYP1 gene. So there's the CYP1A1, the A2, and the B1. And each of those three have to do with the type of estrogen I create. So looking at mine, I have for my CYP1A1, a double allele and then of double A allele and then my A2, a double A allele, and then my B1, a, actually a heterozygous allele where I have half C, half G. Now that's probably like, what the heck is she saying? Why is she saying so many letters? Well, essentially you have a gene and then you have a snip on that gene. So picture that rod and each of those lines are snips and each of those snips have a letter or a few letters I should say on it. And that is representing my alleles that I talked about earlier. So when I talk about my alleles, 
the alleles are how I end up expressing the gene. So when I have, let's say, a double A allele, I'm going to express that specific gene differently than if I had like the double C allele. So a little technical, and we can explain and talk more about that if you're interested later. But looking at these three genes, I am more susceptible to producing a lot more 4-hydroxy, which is the less ideal estrogen out of all three, and then not producing as much, as much 16, and then the same with the two, not producing as much of the good um, estrogen as well. So not ideal, but hey, I can work with that. So knowing that now, I can try to take certain supplements or certain foods to help um, produce more 2-hydroxy versus the other two. And like I said before, you create and you have some of each of those estrogens, but you want more of the 2 versus this 4 or the 16. So what am I going to do personally to increase my 2 and decrease the 4 and the 16? Well, one thing I'm going to do is consume our flax seeds, and I'm going to grind them up so I actually get more benefit out of it. But flax seeds are promoter of the 2-hydroxy and an inhibitor of the 4-hydroxy, which is potentially undesirable. And it also reduces the excretion of the 16-2. So it's just all around, flax seeds are really wonderful for turning um, certain estrogens into the ideal estrogen. And now if you seed cycle, which is another topic we can talk about later, but seed cycling um, is where you consume more flax seed and pumpkin seed in the first phases. And then the last few phases during the luteal phase, especially you focus more on like sunflower seeds and sesame seeds. That can really help optimize your cycle and get it into a regular, um, regular 28-day cycle. So if you're one that experiences really spotty or long or short cycles, this is a good way to kind of boost it and get it into a regular, um, a regular cycle that it should versus an off cycle. So flax seeds is usually consumed in the first half because you are creating a lot more estrogen during that time and you ideally want to create the good estrogen. So flax seeds help to do that. So I'm going to consume our flaxseed. I'm looking more into DIM, which D-I-M, which is a supplement that can also help to increase um, 2-hydroxy and reduce the 16-hydroxy. Now, I don't produce as much 16, um, so this is something that maybe I won't even do, but I want to look into it more. And another um, few nutrients from vegetables that you can utilize are like broccoli. Any cruciferous vegetable can help turn um, the 16 into a 2-hydroxy. I know it's a lot of 2, 16, 4, hydroxy, big words. Bear with me. If you have to, just rewind and repeat what I was saying because it can really help to grasp what you're talking about. I remember when I first started learning about it, I couldn't remember if it was like you know, 14 or 16, and then was it like hydroxy or was it a different word? So just rewind. And it's, you don't need to know this stuff, but if you want to get into your genetics and really analyze it, it's really great to know. So that's my phase one. Not as ideal. I create a lot more of the toxic estrogens versus the ideal 2-hydroxy, but that's okay. I can work with it. At least I know it now. Then my phase two. Now this is the pipe. This is how I turn all those um, estrogens that I created 
and neutralize them, methylate them. So this is the methylation, the phase two um, detox step. Now, there's a lot of genes that have to do with this. Maybe you've heard of the mother effort gene. Um, it's a part of this detox methylation process. And then the COMT, which I talked about earlier, C-O-M-T, COMT, COMT gene, this is also a part of this phase. So I have a slow COMT, which means that I hold on to certain hormones like epinephrine, dopamine, and estrogen longer than those with a fast COMT. So all of those hormones stay in my body a lot longer, which gives me some really high highs where I get those um, bursts of energy and I get super excited at times, but then I can have really low lows as well. And um, because all of those hormones are staying in my body, it could create a lot more anxiety. So for example, chocolate and caffeine, like coffee, that can really um, hinder my body and actually um, create more anxiety. But if I had a fast comp those types of things that I could consume would actually maybe rev up all of those hormones because I would have a lot less hormones running through my body compared to myself with a slow comp team. So that's something you don't know. I mean, you can do some guessing, but why guess when you can test? And something you don't know unless you get your genetics tested. So knowing for sure that, you know, I have a slow comp tea. Now I can alter that based on how I live my life. That's the epigenetic side of things. But knowing that I have a slow comp tea is really great information because I was experiencing a lot more headaches um, during ovulation and certain times in my cycle when I have higher estrogen. And that could be due to my slow comp tea. I have excess estrogen in my body already because it's slow and I'm not getting rid of it quickly or efficiently enough. And so now knowing this, I slowly get rid of all those estrogens and I don't necessarily neutralize them as ideally. And because of that, I'm going to want to make sure that I don't have an overload of estrogen in my body and that I'm going to want to eat certain ways during certain times in my month so that I'm not increasing um, bad estrogens at certain times. So I really want to set myself up for success in the first phase by creating the ideal estrogens using like flaxseed or different um, different um, foods or supplements. And then my phase two, where I methylate all that, I really want to um, increase that methylation process and create it a lot more quickly by um, making sure that I have enough vitamin Bs. Vitamin Ds are vitamin Bs are really important for methylation, um, and then making sure that I get enough like magnesium and zinc. With a slow comp tea, magnesium is really important because it really relaxes your body. Those with a slow comp tea have the tendency to really um, be workaholics and go, go, go constantly, but then when they go to bed at night, they can't shut it off. And that's a common sign that you have a slower COMT. And we have a lot more estrogen in our bodies and flowing around. So that has to do with our fertility. We might be a little more, we might have a higher libido or um, be a little more fertile because we just have estrogens flowing through us. But, you know, it could also be bad estrogens flowing through us, and that might affect your fertility as well. A lot of different things that you can take away from this. And um, it's also good to complement this test with like a Dutch hormone test, which I 
also like to do with my clients because then it gets you a snapshot of their current state. And then the genetics test gives you the plan of action according to their current state. So they kind of go hand in hand with things. So that's my phase two. And then my phase three, how I get rid of it, how it's packaged away is not necessarily as ideal either, um, which is okay. Um, There's certain supplements that you can um, take with that as well. But one thing that I really want to do to make sure that my phase three is going efficiently and I'm getting rid of my stools every single day versus having all that linger around in my gut is um, consuming a lot of fiber. Chia seeds help wonderfully. They keep me regular and they really help to keep my um, gut microbiome in check and not overloaded with junk. Um, Coffee enemas are a great way to also um, produce a lot of glutathione, and glutathione is really crucial for this phase three as well, and it helps with estrogen detox. And then um, making sure I'm consuming enough probiotics to keep my gut in check, and then not overloading with Obviously, a lot of like junk food, so bad oils or sugars, stuff that's going to inflame my gut versus heal it. So you really have to um, strategize when you're thinking of all three of these phases. So that's a little snapshot of my hormones according to my genetics. And knowing this is going to be so helpful for my future because my mom struggled with fibroids. And knowing that I can take steps based on my genetics to prevent that from happening, I need to produce a lot more 2-hydroxy, so I'm going to take a lot more action steps to do that. And to tone down the 4 and this, the 16 is okay, but to tone down the 4, which is um, oftentimes known for causing cancer. So I ideally don't want to develop that, and so I'm going to optimize my body in the ways that is going to tone the 4 down as well. So there are so many different things that you can find out about your genetics. This was just a quick snapshot of my hormones. There's various categories that I didn't go through. And so that's why it's so exciting because now I can create a plan and I'm not guessing. And maybe you're someone that, you know, tries a certain diet and then it's just not working for you. And granted, most of you are probably women listening. So you have a 28 day cycle. And so trying a certain diet might not work for you because over the course of 28 days, your hormones are different. And so if you're doing a diet and it's working and then all of a sudden it stops working, it's because of our hormone levels. But, you know, if let's say, for example, you're trying a certain um, diet where you're consuming certain foods and it's just not ideal, like you're seeing negative side effects even throughout the course of all 28 days, well, it could be a lot to do with your genetic makeup. And so um, rather than guessing and figuring out, okay, if this didn't work, I'm going to try this, or that didn't work, I'm going to try this now. Rather than guessing all of that and consuming so much time trying to figure out and optimize your body, how about you just test and then you know right away and you don't have to take all that time guessing. You don't have to necessarily experience negative side effects. You can just create a plan of action right from the bat and then optimize your body from then on out versus continuous guessing. So there's so many benefits to it. And if you found this was super interesting and you're like, yes, April, I totally want to jump on this and I want to figure out more about my health and my genetic blueprint, my genetic makeup, then head to my website, betterhealthpodcast.com. Under the health investments, I have more information on what you can do to get your genetics tested. And also check out my Instagram because I have a post 
on this episode, which is a quick little reel um, that is tailored to different things that maybe you're like, do I have that gene or do I not? Well, you have that gene, but do I express that gene differently than this expression? Rather than the guessing, it's always good to test. And I just love genetics and I geek out on it. So if you ever want to geek out with me, go for it. Um, But thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and feel free to message me with any thoughts or takeaways, comment on my post, and we can create a community where we're bouncing ideas back and forth. And yeah, reach out to me. I'd love to talk with you on this a little bit more. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are, and we'll talk later. Better Health with April offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.